Let's ask the Lord's blessing. Dear Lord God, we are thankful for these chances to speak of you, to pull ourselves closer to the standard of you that you have revealed, the standard of this earth. We'd ask that we would allow our minds, our apprehensions, to become more in tune with it. And in talking with each other about it over years, Lord, that we would be drawn closer to each other in your church and closer to you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, many years ago I, I had combined Psalm 127 and 128. They're sort of those perfect psalms when your mom asked you if you did your Bible reading. And you say, I was to read a chapter. And she said, well, what chapter did you read? Psalm 127. Five verses long. You know, you could have you know, knocked that out easily. One of those cheating, one of those short passages, so short, you go, well, the, what could happen in that? And I think maybe that's the reason God put Jude in the Bible. One chapter long. What could happen? Oh, my gosh. Too many things happen in Jude. But Psalm 127 and Psalm 128 are, are notable in our Christian culture today. You have perhaps, maybe you have tracked with, have agreed with to one degree or another, what's called the quiverful movement. That means have a boatload of kids. A quiverful. That comes out of Psalm 127. And then there's songs sung in those sorts of companies about olive shoots round your table, or as they do in the hymn, about your table round, or something like that. Olive shoots. Also about the blessing of many, many olive shoots. Many, many arrows in the quiver, many, many olive shoots around the table. So these are positive, uh, uh, the blessing of good family. The blessing that family is. And I want to speak both in terms of the good that these psalms convey and how what, what good are we pulling in from it. Also what they're not, no longer saying. One thing we have to recognize about the Christian faith. It is not Judaism. It is not in a promised land America is not that promised land. Um, we are not slowly going to establish by electing better and better characters um, going to produce the kingdom of God on earth. Um, we might wish that our lives and families were Norman Rockwell moments um, or that the culture reflected less of sinfulness and profligacy and more of um, the good that we desire. Uh, some people even wish for a Christian kingdom, a Christian, uh, actually a, a self-advowed Christian um, political system. And Solomon, who's the author of Psalm 127, it's the Song of Ascents of Solomon, I'm only presuming the Song of Ascents 128 would be at least possibly of David's. They were, they were at the... At the key golden moment of Jewish history, in their lifespans, uh, the greatest expansiveness of the Jewish kingdom from Carchemish down to the river of Egypt was Jewish territory, Israelite territory. 
they fulfilled, at least in Solomon's uh, period, the promise of how far Israel would grow. And everybody in the system were very, was very conscious that it was a genetic. Your kids were Jewish if you were Jewish. And the more kids you had, the more of a strength and a standing and a, and a betterment. And they were tied together with their desires to be holy before the Lord. But they were building a physical temple. David wanted to build it. Solomon did build it. But we have to remind ourselves when we read Psalm 127, 128, that its function as being part of a culture, a system, a, a, a political theory, is probably not something you ought to pick up. But you want to get the blessing from it. The reason I say that is I have Ephesians 2, 19 here on the side. So, when you are, so then you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built into it for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Basically, there's one top verse out of many which says, you are the kingdom, you are the temple. You are, we are not trying to build a cathedral in Washington, D.C. that represents our religious outlooks. We're not trying to, it's not a problem with having a cathedral in Washington, D.C., but that's not what Christianity is about. We are being built into a temple for our God in Christ. You are living stones, you are a holy priesthood, and that is something distinct. And when we step away from the visible church, I have this quick passage in Romans 9, this means that it is not the children of the flesh who are children of God, but the children of the promise who are reckoned as descendants. We have to remind ourselves constantly when we face the question of family being raised in the Lord, the blessing of God to our physical families, that we remind ourselves that Christianity is not functioning that way. It is blessing that, but it is not functioning. It is, it is, um, it is no longer the path to the blessing of the, your life. Too many Christians think that the family and how it is raised is the path to the blessing that is Christianity. It is no longer by physical descent. It is no longer by the flesh. But it is a path of blessing. There, just because it isn't the path that God has given us to be um, uh, drawn to the best possible thing in him by, doesn't mean that it isn't a blessing. Doesn't mean that it doesn't have points of effect. When you are a physical kingdom, a physical means like procreating, you know, 28 children on your 14 wives, made perfectly good sense. It was the blessing of God. When Abraham was promised by the God, he said that he was called Abraham, for he'd be the father of multitudes. That in their world, becoming a tribal leader was everything. And it was a very natural way for you to, you might say, insist on your power, is how many kids you had. So they're thinking in terms of, remember Solomon is writing Psalm 127. Now Solomon had a problem with the ladies. 
Okay? He has a thousand wives. Too many, by any report. I don't know how many kids he had, but he had a thousand wives. And too often, too often we would say that is what, in some way, maybe just with one wife and your poor wife worn out after, you know, 17 children. Honey, why aren't you as attractive as you were? Well, I don't know. So I wanted to set those things aside. Those are not the point. I just want you to remember that Christianity is not calling for physical answers like this as the path to the thing that we're trying to do. It is a path to a blessing, not a path to the point. Your faith, you are children of the promise, and children of the promise by faith, not children of the promise by relationship. Now, I have a favorite proverb that I have here on the left-hand side. Proverbs 24. By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. I love just that. The wisdom, understanding, and knowledge are the things that build a house. When we're talking about a house, he's talking about not a, you know, Mr. Smith builds a house, not going out to the suburbs and, and getting a contractor. He's talking about your descendants. We were joking with B.A. earlier because she was there with me and Davis and my father and four generations that we had to try to explain to B.A. Um, and I don't think she got the concept. <laughs> too many fathers of too many people. Now, that's the kind of house you're talking about. What is and in, in, in antiquity, before the, the message of faith came on, when a physical kingdom mattered, it mattered how you played in this world, what the blessing of family would be. The promise of family was huge. But even when the promise of family was huge, it was still going to be built God's way. That's what you see in Psalm 127, on the right-hand side, first verse. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved sleep. There's a bunch of things in there. Bunch of things in there. But it starts, both these psalms start with something that you need to consider first, especially as children of the promise, children of faith, not children of a physical nation. The physical nation sometimes tends to look at the later promises of how many quivers you have full of arrows, of sons. A fruitful vine with your, within your house is your wife. We tend to look at those things rather than saying, you know, we don't even start on this until we recognize, unless the Lord does this, does the building, unless the Lord does the watching of the house or the city, uh, what, what are you even up to? We have to find now where our God would have us stand, how he would like us to be, 
Because unless he is watching, unless he is building, nothing's going to happen. Anxiety is the only thing you're going to have. Now, have you noticed that as soon as you talk about family turning out, moms tense up. Their shoulders start to... That's why massage therapy exists. Okay? It's because women carry it all right between the shoulder blades. They feel while their kids are turning out. That's why dads always go, yeah, you want a Coke? Have a Coke. Yeah, you can have a Coke. Sure. Have two. Mom's going, what are you saying? That's got sugar in it. <laughs> yeah. That's why he wanted it. But what about the caffeine? Well, that helps him stay awake. Dads are just like, what's going on? I don't understand what the... Because, you know, men feel that... No, they're not right. Men aren't right. They feel they can fight their way out of anything. If anything shows up, I can, I can punch something. The women are going, my gosh, if my family doesn't turn out... If my family doesn't... And you know, you felt it. Well, that's why we don't turn to trying to make our family turn out. You say, well, hold it. What we turn to is we try to turn to getting our God to build the house, our God to watch over it, because unless you do, it's vain what you attempt to do. Either husband going off to work himself sick to make enough money to provide for whatever number of vacations will make your kids love you, or buy all those Cokes that you can bribe your kid with, or enough anxiety eating the bread of anxious toil, late to rest. And you know what you get when you're beloved of God? You know what you get when he's building the house and when he's watching it? You get to sleep. Because what happens, I, I was theorizing, and you don't have to believe me on this, this is not Bible. So we were talking about sleep one time. So my, my theory is we sleep. God made us sleep so that we would have a place to sleep. That's just sort of fancy talk for you to post on Facebook. Please do. Quote, put me in. We sleep so that we'd have a place to sleep. All civilization is created by your need to sleep. You have to build everything. A fire at the door of your cave because some saber-toothed tiger will eat you if you fall asleep without that fire in the door of the cave. Or without somebody else with you to stand watch for saber-toothed tigers. Or the enemies, or whoever it is. We know that we have something to terrify us. And we still have to sleep. I mean, it just overtakes you. Eventually, you will drop. And you either drop in anxiety, or you will drop with good sleep. Have you ever gotten into bed and go, this is just great. This is the best thing ever getting into my bed. And thank, I've thanked God verbally aloud in bed as I lay there. What, what a good... And some you have ever had insomnia? Where just every possible thing that can go wrong tomorrow or went wrong yesterday is in your mind. He gives his beloved sleep. It is either a time of great thanksgiving and rest or or it's terrifying. Now, 
So what I want you to think about is not about the end result that will bring us working our way back into anxiety or working too hard. If we're, if we're going to say, this is an end result, even for the Christian today, we're not trying to build a physical kingdom, we're not trying to build a tribe called, you know, whatever your last name is. It is not an extension of our will in the universe. You may have a good family, it may work out well, and I trust that you will pursue this, but our path of pursuit is not to make the thing to presume then that God has blessed us. We get God to bless us so we'll have the thing. You begin with God building, you begin with um, the Lord watching. Unless he does, you're doing everything wrong. You could be trying to serve everything good in your home. You might try to have every Bible verse, nice calligraphy displayed on the fridge, written on chalkboards, you can drape, you know, a rose or over an open Bible in your living room. You can, you can offend every standard of taste. And it won't produce. I know too many people who grew up in Christian homes that looked as Christian as it could be, jumped through whatever hoop the Christian church suggested they jump through, and the kids walked away from the Lord. I mean, not, and not, didn't walk away from the Lord in a friendly, nice, quiet handshake sort of way, but complete profligacy, bouncing off the bottom of the cosmos. Wrecked lives. Let's go back to the Lord and see what it takes for him to build, what it takes for him to watch, because he tells you in Proverbs, by wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, houses are built. And they're filled with all precious and very pleasant riches. The things you want to have. This blessing is no longer the path. It's no longer political tribal greatness that is the path to your advancement. But it is a good and your children are souls before the Lord who you want to lead to Christ. They don't automatically. Remember, it is not the children of the flesh that are children of God. So you've got to make them children of the promise. You've already made them, you know, you, you man and woman love each other very much and they produce an offspring and, and we're in a good Christian church. Well, it's, um, isn't there a debt to me, a promise to me? Well, the promise is if he builds it, if he watches over it, unless he does, you're doing it in vain. So I have to find, if I'm going to build a house, if I'm going to enjoy this blessing of many sons. Now, let's just be honest for a moment. The Bible is talking about sons. In the next psalm, it's to children in general. But sons are like arrows. Sons are like power. It's no crime to the women in the situation. They're recognizing that if you have a lot of sons or a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the sons of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. Hence the quiverful, the quiverful movement. But they were talking about a circumstance where dad... 
you know, it would have been better for me in my family situations. Uh, I've got three sons. Doug has one. How many does Gordon have? One. If a fight broke out, other than the fact this branch of the Wilsons, uh, you know, Gunn can, and Graham can handle it, uh, Davis and Evan are just going to get, you know, smeared. But, yeah. sue them. You know, we got, I've got three sons. I'm going to dominate. And my sons have sons. It's a, it's, a, it's a good standing that you have, but what I want you to be thinking is no longer are we fighting this out to gain, you might say, points of leverage in the political, economic, violent history of antiquity. We are trying to represent Jesus Christ where every soul, my son, physically, is only my inherit, they only inherit my physical wealth. They don't inherit my Christian wealth. They have to be, as a soul, led to Christ. Because unless the Lord builds the house, unless he watches over you, all of it, all of the effort is vanity and pointless. Now, We sometimes, it's easy to, to want to do the thing and say, you know how we've recommended that you don't read the Bible unless you absolutely have to? It's much easier to go, yeah, but I did. I, I read a lot of verses today. There are people who will always look to try to create artificially the blessing at the end of the passage to then claim that the blessing of the forepart of the passage was theirs that God was establishing their house. And so it's much easier, it is much easier for you to impregnate your wife, hope 50% chance of sons, and, and try to raise a khaki-wearing hair part on the side, bit of human, you know, good citizenship awards for you and your family, and they all graduate from Patrick Henry. You want to claim that God built your house. Tragically, it doesn't end up that way. Tragically, even the Duggars ran into trouble. And they had the khakis like nobody's business. We want to be sure it's much easier for you to insist that your wife produce a lot of kids. It's much easier for you to try to instill a, a, a modicum of standard and order in your home and thinking by doing so, you're getting the claim to God's blessing. Because it would mean otherwise that you as a husband, you as a father, would have to know the Lord. Would have to be the kind of husband and father who feared the Lord. The second, second uh, psalm is, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. And one of the benefits of fearing the Lord is that it's a great phrase and people use it too frequently, but they don't understand to fear something, this is dread, terror type of fear, is that you're not full of yourself in the fear of something. I think I saw a political video where some guy was yelling at a woman 
whose husband had died in 9-11 or something like that, and he was abusing her and saying it was a good thing he died and all that sort of thing. Then her son shows up, and he was big. And the malefactor who had been yelling at this woman ran away. Now, fear, when you fear the Lord, it's almost redundant to say who walks in his ways. If you bow the knee, you get the benefit of the lordship that you're offered. If you bow the knee. This is much harder because many of us want the prestige of good kids and a good situation and a good business circumstance and, and, and I'll be able to claim that God's hand is over you, that the light is shining on you and your family. It's much easier to work hard and be anxious at night and desperate about your kids and sending them off to military academy if you, if you can't seem to work it out than it is to bow the knee before God. Because bowing the knee, the fear of the Lord, saying yes sir to Jesus Christ, will give you this blessing, which is, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and, you shall, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Now, it doesn't translate well to our lives, but for probably to someone who's a young agriculturalist in a kingdom where olive trees and, and grapevines were everything, he said, inside my house? Nice. I mean, that's sort of like, you mean, in my garage there's a lift for my car? Inside my house? Or, in the 1800s, you mean a toilet inside my house? Your wife is ha like having a, a, a vine growing through your house fruitfully. So you just have to reach out and grab some. Not the wife, the grace. Your children are like olive shoots. My gosh, this place is devoted to fecundity. Everything is coming up fruit. What a great thing this would be. If you want this blessing in your home, you want to be looking at your home going, what a good thing. You want to be lying in your bed going, thank you, Lord. You have to be the sort of person who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. That's the measure. You don't get to claim, oh yes, I fear the Lord. The chief end of man is to, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can talk about how great God is, how powerful he is. If you do not walk in his ways, that means... You maintain the fruit of the Spirit as you ought. Love and joy and peace and patience as a father, as a husband, as a neighbor, as a citizen. You maintain those things because you fear God. So, verse 4, Though, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. You've got to begin with the building, the watching, the wisdom, the knowledge the understanding. You've got to begin. You're going to do this thing under the auspices of God. If you want this blessing, do not, for the first thing, confuse it with the Christian faith. It's a blessing of the Christian faith. We are given an easier contact with our God. We are given the, the path 
to righteousness, that the fear of the Lord just delivered them up to the law in antiquity, but then after Christ we have the fear of the Lord leads us to the grace of God and we get the forgiveness of God, we're able to do and be all these things. Thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. We're not... This is something we have to provide, especially as husbands, as fathers. You could really help your wife if she deals with anxiety in any way in how your walk, your confidence, your devotion, how well your knee bends to God himself. And not just presuming that, well, I don't worry about things, I'm a guy. I don't worry about things because God is God. That's a good answer. She could be encouraged to seek after God by a man who has sought after God. Your children seek after God because their father has sought after God. These things come not just by accident of blessing, not just the magic trick you have to do that if you walk past the temple and bob your head three times, your kids will turn out. There's not a non-connection here. If you are submitting yourself to God's wisdom, understanding, and knowledge about raising a family, if unless you are having him build it and him watch over it, and you're not living on the, the strength of your own abilities, it's going to have this good effect. Your children will be happy to call you father. Your children will have wives. Your children shall rise up and call you blessed. Many women have done excellently. But the woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Whatever you turn out to be. I had some old friends visit a few weeks ago, just for an evening. And, and we had two kids who were in their young adult stage, and they were there. And, you know, they were on their phones like kids are today. And the girl had purple hair like kids do today. And after they left, we said, what do, what do we think? And they said, they seem like they're really doing well. Because they were rejoicing. The parents were rejoicing. The kids were rejoicing. They were enjoying one another's company. There wasn't this, I hate my father and I hate my life. Purple hair was just purple hair. That's all it was. We're looking for the good that God, the blessing that God, the happiness that God, because that's what blessedness means. It means happy. And the Beatitudes say, blessed is the man. It's happy is the man. Just as a, if, if there's a point, I just want to make it and be done. Don't think of the methodologies or the end images to create them. You are trying to say, how do I find my God? I must be in the lap of God. I must be at the mercies of God. I must be right with God. I must learn and understand his wisdom in life, knowing 
that his wisdom works with families. It has a collateral benefit. And even though the church and the kingdom of God is not based on successful family growing into tribes that serve God into a national, a national movement, it's just the kingdom of God is those that have faith. Even though I know it's not a part of that, I know I want that part of the blessing that life can have. I can have the part of a believing family. I can have the part of a happy family where I'm not anxious, I'm not eating the bread of anxious toil. I get sleep. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're very grateful for your mercies to us. We'd ask that our families would be the reflection of our knowledge that you built them and you watch over them that we fear you, that we live according to your ways. Lord, we don't need them to be successful tribes, but we'd like them to be um, brothers and sisters in your son, that we'd be able to have fellowship with one another and live out our lives in your kingdom with the best of blessings. Thank you again, in your son's name, amen.